until age 25, Martina Johansson was faced with excruciatingly low energy levels. After a good amount of research, it seemed to her that the keto diet would help her get back to normal. Once she started on that diet, everything turned around for her, and a year later she ran her first half marathon. And now there's no looking back. Here's her story. Good morning, Martina, and welcome to the Local Paleo Show. Thank you. Good morning. Good morning, Mark. How is everyone Good, today? Mark. Oh, everyone is wonderful. Well, I am anyway. So you know, everyone else has got to be wonderful as well in that case. Yes, sir, if you say so. I do. Okay. Then let's move on. Martina, it seems like uh, our common friend Mark, this one on the, on the TV right here, has mm -hmm. uh, taken a liking to you. So welcome to our show. And uh, let's start with uh, the basics. Um, can you give us your path to high-fat fitness right now? Okay. Well, high-fat fitness, is, it's a bit more than just the paleo diet. Uh, it's, it's my way of being fit on a high-fat diet, and it's basically the combination of ketogenic foods and heavy weightlifting. And I actually found this diet by accident because I was tired of being exhausted and sick all the time. Um, I was a student at the university finishing my master's degree in bioengineering, so I really needed my focus, but I was so worn out that my studies were, su were suffering. And um, I went to one doc doctor after another for help, and I did all the tests, but they all came back normal. And during this time, I had chronic uh, stomach problems, IBS, uh, I had chronic throat infections, a lot of anxiety, uh, very low attention span, but I didn't know what to do about it. And I, at the time, I couldn't see the connection between food and health. Uh, I was just taking random vitamin pills, uh, and they didn't make any, any difference for me. Uh, and it was actually a professor at my university that started to talk about the different properties of food and that sugar, for example, could be quite inflammatory. And that's when I realized that the food could be the root cause to my health issues. So I changed my diet slowly but surely from vegetarian low-fat diet to uh, with a, a lot of carbs to a high-fat uh, diet with almost no carbs. It's way beyond the paleo diet it's uh, yeah and and as my body started to heal um, I got more and more energy and I started to work out um, in the gym and that was the start of my uh, my fitness journey as well so that that's the path to high fat fitness well I would say from the look of it I would say you've been highly successful oh thank you so uh, you advocate the low-carb, high-fat diet, also known as the keto diet. Can you explain what the keto diet is? Well, a lot of people define this diet a bit differently, but I would say that it's, it's at least 70% fat, and the rest is basically meat, eggs, fish, vegetables, like broccoli, cauliflower, etc. And... For me personally, I also exclude dairy products uh, except for butter. Um, so it's a very it's a very strict diet compared to the paleo diet that has a lot more options. This is uh, more of a of, of a medical diet almost. Um, and I always eat enough fat 
fat to keep me in, in ketosis. So I, I'm always around like 80, 80% fat. Okay, so I'm sure you know what a lot of people, including doctors and, and nutritionists all over the world, are still thinking that fat is bad, fat is bad for us. So um, can you explain the high use of fat and what kind of fats do you use? Well, I wouldn't say fat is bad. It's more neutral to the body. It's just an energy source. It's a, it's a macronutrient. So, I mean, of course, fat can be bad in, in excess. Uh, but, I mean, a keto diet doesn't need... It, you don't have to eat a lot of fat. You just have to keep your ratio high, like mm. above 70%. And, and I don't eat like all types of fat. I don't eat vegetable fats, for example. Um, my fat sources come from animals, like eggs, um, mm. fatty pieces of meat, um, lard, butter, etc. So it's a very natural source of fat that we are built to, to handle. Right, right. Um, actually, our friend uh, Nora uh, talked about this before. So, um, was it difficult to transition from your vegetarian diet? Well, not really actually, because I was feeling pretty crappy at the time, so it was more of a relief <laughs> because I, I ate so much carbs and so much junk food and a lot of caffeine. So, I mean, when I switched to whole foods, to real food, it was uh, like my, my body really wanted to have that type of nutrition but I, I can imagine that for some people it's really hard to uh, to transition from like no meat to a lot of meat mm. but um, I didn't have any problems with that actually I, I didn't have any problems digesting the meat so I thought that yeah okay my body really likes this <laughs> right when you say a lot of meat, that's uh, it's just a matter of perception. Um, yeah. For some people, a pound of meat. For me, a pound of meat is a lot of meat. I only yeah. eat I only eat a quarter pound per serving, and yeah. it's usually once a day. And then I add a couple of eggs to that in the morning. Uh, do you have any tricks that you'd like to share with us uh, regarding this diet and how to transition? Well, I have a lot of tricks, <laughs> but uh, my first thing would be to uh, not be afraid of the fat. Um, like, if, you're, if you want to try a keto diet, you have to allow yourself uh, calories from fat. It doesn't mean that you will gain weight because, I mean, you can uh, keep an eye on the calories if you want to, but it's a matter of ratio, and as you said about the meat, I mean, for me, I'm a tiny woman, so I, I don't eat a lot, uh, but my macros are like 70-80% fat, and uh, if it comes from good sources, uh, it will be very healing for the body. So I would really recommend to allow your body to experience that and to uh, don't be afraid of the fat. And the other trick is to really don't skip your workouts because training is a very essential part of being human. We are built to move. I mean, we're today, I mean, we sit in front of our computers all day 
just take a walk, <laughs> go out, stand up, do something, uh, just get moving. It's so important for health. So, and it's also very important for keto adaptation and to for a for a good metabolism. Right. Um, do you use a particular software or an app to help you uh, keep up with your diet? No, actually not. I, I think it's so easy to just pick really natural foods. If, if I go to the store and pick up like spinach or broccoli and a piece of meat or eggs, I really don't think I need to calculate the exact amounts of anything. So I just right. really try to get to know my body from within and just, yeah. Right. That's a very European way to look at it. Uh, in America, they want to measure everything. Uh. <laughs> so that's why that's why uh, apps and all sorts of um, gizmos like uh, like watches that calculate how many steps you've taken today and all of this is very popular in America. Yeah, but um, I have one. I have a. Uh, you have like yeah. what a Fitbit? <laughs> uh, yeah, a Chinese version, but the same thing. Oh, okay. Okay. Does it speak to you in, in Chinese? Sometimes, yeah, but I, I, okay. don't, I don't know what it says. <laughs> okay. Speaking of uh, Sweden, um, isn't it true that in your culture it's more acceptable to eat more fat I because of so. the cold, because of the cold, right? Yeah. I'm, I think we have a culture of eating, eating lard as, right. as, a, as a dish <laughs> and, right. and also like a, a bacon, but we didn't call it bacon before. It's an American word, but uh, it's also in, in our culture. Um, yeah, because of the cold, um, because of like, right. the hard work on the farms. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. The more north you go, the more typically the more fat um, the northern culture eat to uh, to stay warm, basically. Yeah. It's, it's uh, you know like the Eskimos and the, they are known to eat a lot of. Um, I was in Ukraine about fifteen years ago, and I was surprised to see them uh, uh, slice a piece of lard and just put it on a piece of uh, bread and just little salt on top of it and just eat it straight up the way we would eat a ham sandwich in America. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Is that something you, you you do as well in Sweden? Probably uh, a couple of decades ago, yeah, probably. Yeah, probably, in, uh, maybe still in the countryside. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But of course, of course, a lot has to come a very good quality, clean meat as well. Definitely, yeah. Not the kind that is uh, raised in toxic environments and those huge farms and with all sorts of chemicals and, you know, uh, mm. grains fed, yeah, that kind of thing. Do you, um, do you know the source of your, your meat and do you pay attention to the quality of that? Yeah, that's also very important. I, I really like to... Uh, to support farms uh, where uh, with happy animals, uh, mm. free-range eggs, free-range chickens, grass-fed beef, etc. And if I can, like, go out to the farms and watch the animals or buy direct directly from the farmer, that's even better. So, mm. I mean, I, I, I lived in in China uh, for three years, and uh, it really I really struggled with that because they have really really bad, um, uh, yeah, 
they don't treat their animals very good. So right. I really tried to buy my meat from uh, New Zealand and Australia uh, just to make sure, like, good quality and happy animals. <laughs> right, right. So eating happy animals make uh, happy people? Yes, definitely. Is that what you're saying? Okay. Yeah. Um, so you you call yourself a Swedish biohacker. Can you explain what biohacking is to our listeners? Well, as a biohacker, I view my body as a biological computer that can be programmed. And I realized this when I started the keto diet that so much can be changed with a different diet, for example. So I started to experiment with a lot of stuff at the time. And as a bioengineer, I got very interested in epigenetics. And epigenetics is the science of how genes can be reprogrammed. They can be switched on and off depending on lifestyle choices. So as a biohacker, I, I eat and live with this in mind. I, I wear blue light, blue light blocking glasses, for example, during the evening to improve my sleep. I have them here. I can show you. It uh, looks like this. Um, yeah, and I track my physical activity. Uh, I track my pulse when I work out, uh, my heart rate variability. Um, I meditate regularly to, uh, to build new neural pathways in my brain. And yeah, all stuff like that, just to, to improve my health in all the way I can. Mm -hmm. um, I hear that word a lot in the paleo world. It seems like everybody is biohacking. Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't know, there's, there's something about the term that makes me feel slightly uncomfortable being a kind of an old guy. Um, how, how can we make it sound more like user-friendly? Uh, what would be uh, certain ways, other ways that make it easier to understand for people? Hmm, maybe to use the, the term health awareness, just to make conscious choices. Just okay. to doesn't have to be complicated. I mean, for uh, like my meditation, for example, that's very, uh, it's very easy just to sit down for a few minutes a day uh, and just focus on my breathing. Uh, there's a ton of scientific evidence that it's great for the brain and yeah, great for your mood and metabolism and everything. And I mean, working out, that's also biohacking, but it's, biohacking is a very like complex word for something very simple because it's basically just taking care of yourself and have a very curious mind to keep investigating and keep like question your habits. Like, okay, I do this every day. Is this really good for me? I mean, so I ate a lot of dairies before when I started on the keto diet. Uh, because dairies are often, they're super, super cheap in Sweden, and right. uh, they are high fat, and I love cheese. I mean, it's amazing. Right. And I, I had to, I mean, see that, okay, cheese is maybe not the be best health choice for me. Um, my stomach can't handle it, and I don't feel very good, so maybe I have to cut it out. So that's right. typical, just being conscious right. of what's going on in your body. Right. That wouldn't work for me. I'm French. I have to yeah. have cheese. Yeah. It's but, but, no but, but I am very picky about the quality of the cheese. So yeah. I try to eat only raw cheese, you know, good quality. Wow. That's great. Um, 
we we are able to find more and more in America uh, raw cheese, goat cheese, the kind of cheese that are not as processed as some of the yeah. cheese. Goat cheese are great. Uh, goat cheese yeah. is amazing. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I recently found a sheep yogurt that is really really good. Wow. Sheep yogurt, yeah. So um, I switched from um, I went from soy to um, goat yogurt, and now I'm I'm into sheep yogurt. So yeah. you could you could say that that's sort of biohacking. <laughs> it in is in a way. Definitely. And another one would be sleeping, right? Don't yeah. you think that sleeping is extremely important and, and is a form of biohacking? Yes. It is. Yeah, to be very conscious about sleeping sleeping patterns, I mean, the quality of sleep, uh, to get enough sleep, to make sure that your bedroom is like optimal for, for sleep with enough oxygen and darkness and whatever. Mm -hmm. Okay, so um, I understand that like you, you are also uh, writing books, like me, I'm sorry. Uh, you're writing books. You have a, you have a few in Swedish, and two uh, of them are also in English. One is called the Keto Diet Guidebook, and the other one is Understanding Low Carb, High Fat Diet. Uh, do you happen to have a? Okay. Do you want to show it again for yeah. a little longer so we can see it? And that's available on Amazon, I'm sure. Yeah, it is. Okay. So, what can you tell us about your books? Your English version. Yeah, yeah, I have actually written over 10 books now, but they're all in Swedish. But uh, Understanding Low Carb High Fat and the Keto Guidebook, they focus a lot on the scientific aspects of the keto diet. And uh, this guidebook uh, also have a lot of meal plans and almost 100 re recipes. Um, and many of my readers struggle with sugar, addic sugar addiction. So right. I have really taking that into consideration. So none of the recipes will trigger overeating or stuff like that. So it's just very clean and ketogenic foods that will get the reader into ketosis really fast. Right, right. So speaking of which, one of the things I tell my clients is that, uh, you know, uh, portion size is very important. Do you advocate, do you uh, recommend people um, measure or weight the amount of foods they eat? Not really, because I don't think it's necessary on the keto diet. I think, I mean, if you want to eat 10 eggs and 2 pounds of meat, then go ahead. But you probably won't succeed in doing that. Right. So, no, I don't, I don't think it's necessary on the keto diet. Well, we have to keep in mind that there's a lot of people out there that do not pay attention to their body's signals. Yeah. And uh, if they see a, if they see a big plate of food, because they've been told that you have to finish your plate, they'll eat everything, even though they may, you know, halfway through the plate, they may their body may say, no, I'm 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 good, I don't need any more. So what do you say to people like this? Uh, how do you how does one become aware of whether you have had enough food? Hmm. Well, that's a really difficult question. Maybe change to a smaller plate, eat on these like tiny, tiny plates instead. Okay. Uh, um, or maybe just decide to have half a portion and see what, what that feels like. But, right. but I think that on a, on a very strict keto diet, it's really hard to overeat because it's just, I mean, 
it's really hard to overeat on like broccoli and eggs. I I I, I really think so. Uh, I, right. I, can, I can be wrong, but I think so. Yeah, yeah. Typically for breakfast, I eat an avocado omelet, two mm -hmm. eggs plus a half an avocado, and that keeps me full until one or two p.m. Yeah. Then, then only I feel like, oh, maybe I should eat something. But it's not like I don't have an urge to eat something. It's mm -hmm. more like, I, okay, you well, with two hours past uh, lunchtime, maybe I should eat something, you know, to continue to keep my energy up until dinner. Yeah. Um, I had a question that popped and it's gone now. So, okay. <laughs> well, come, yeah, it'll come back. Um, and you also have your own podcast, Keto Pod. Yeah. Um, can you tell us what you, I mean, obviously you talk about keto, but what else do you talk about? Uh, I usually talk about scientific things in regards to the keto diet, such as like keto and attention disorders and epilepsy and diabetes and stuff like that. Uh, yeah, so just I just want to just summarize the, the sci some scientific findings. Yeah, this is actually the question that I had in mind, which uh -huh. eluded me for a while, is um, I understand that keto diet is very healthy for the brain. Mm -hmm. Can you explain on that? Can you explain how that works? Well, one thing is that it seems like all the neurotransmitters are fired in a more controlled manner on the keto diet because sugar or, or blood sugar can really elevate certain neurotransmitters such as epinephrine or uh, dopamine and in extreme cases that can trigger seizures for example but mostly just a lack of focus and being fidgety and uh, having racing thoughts for example and uh, mm -hmm. I was suffering from that myself I was had a very low attention span when I ate a lot of carbs and it's like the whole brain just calms down and it's just really good for focus and uh, yeah so that's that's one thing and then it's also very healing for the brain there's a lot of research uh, about uh, people with Alzheimer's disease and Parkinson's disease that uh, they can not just reverse the disease but not not quite reverse but if they can see some improvements so obviously uh, very high fat diet have some protective qualities to to the brain so that's really cool mm -hmm. well we also have to keep in mind our brain is like what 70 percent 80 percent fat yeah exactly <laughs> and so the quality of the fat is very important if you eat a lot of omega-6 that will be detrimental to the brain yeah. so you need to focus more on omega-3 fatty acid Definitely. which tends to help with uh, neurotransmitters and information passage. Um, so in that case, uh, you, you probably heard about this, uh, this lady that wrote a book about healing her, or at least improving her husband Alzheimer with uh, MCT coconut oil. Yeah. What's, your, what's your take on that? Yeah, I really think it works. I've read so much about it and I've seen some evidence in the scientific literature as well. So, yeah, I, I really believe that. What would be a recommended amount to take a day, for example? I think it's enough with one tablespoon. I, I eat about one to two tablespoons in my coffee every morning. So I think that would be sufficient. 
it can so be you, a bit hard on the stomach if you overdo it. Yeah. So is it the coconut oil or MCT? Well, um, can you explain the difference? And uh, first, what is MCT? Uh, MCT is it's in the coconut oil. So when you right. make MCT, it's actually, actually art artificial because you have to produce it. So uh, coconut oil is the main source. Um, okay. I, I prefer that one because it's more natural. MCT okay. is... Uh, it's, uh, uh, other types of fatty acids. Uh, I don't know the names right now, but medium, uh, chain, medium chain fatty acid, I believe, right? Yeah, that's the, the abbreviation, but the, the, the types of uh, fat. But okay. They they are all in the coconut oil anyway, so I I, just, I think it's enough to just go with the coconut oil. Okay, because I've seen I've seen the stores I've seen where they sell MCT special, separately. Especially mm -hmm. when it comes to the paleo diet, apparently it's a big thing now with the, uh, what is that, coffee with, you know, like MCT oil in it. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I can never remember the name of it. Bulletproof well, coffee? Yeah, yeah, this guy yeah. that became famous just on doing that, which yeah. I don't know if you know, but uh, it's actually copied from the the Tibetan monk. Yeah, they I do. Know. They do a, a tea with uh, yak butter in it, and that's what gives them the energy to survive the, the cold and, you know, the high altitude. Um, well, I guess, Mark, it's your turn. Ooh, thank you very much. It's all been thoroughly interesting. Thank you, Martina. Thank, thank um, you. I think one of the things we, we need to sort of dial into, you've covered it briefly, but more specifically, what are the best assets? best fats for us to eat? I think it's fats from, from animals, like, um, a, like a fatty piece of meat, uh, eggs, egg yolks, that's great, uh, lard, for example, um, avocados, great source of fat, um, avocado oil, uh, olive oil, also great, Butter, yeah, butter is awesome. Grass-fed butter. Yeah, yeah. grass-fed butter, of course. Right. Perfect. And, and on the other end of the scale, what are the fats that we should steer clear of? I think most vegetable oils, oils from uh, like rapeseed oil and, um, mm. uh, I don't know the names. Um, Can canola oil? Canola, yeah, that's the one. Yeah. Yeah. Canola oil. Yeah. And uh, yeah, and all the artificial fats in, in artificial foods, um, like all the trans fats, and yeah, so very detrimental. Super job, super job. Yeah. So I mean, let's just pop over to your um, your podcast, Keto Pod. Mm -hmm. Why why did you start doing that particular podcast? Oh, I just. I was just curious about making a pod, and I just wanted to try to talk about scientific topics in regards to keto. So I just thought that okay, maybe I should try to make a podcast, a podcast, just to see how it goes. <laughs> so not so serious. Hmm. And and who who are your sort of typical audience? Who is the ideal person to jump on and listen? Uh, it's mostly people that, that have been following the keto diet for many years, just like me, and uh, 
there's a lot of keto people in Sweden, for example, but also Northern Europe, super popular, and also people that, uh, that use the keto diet uh, to treat uh, epilepsy and uh, um, yeah, mental disorders and also other type of health issues. So, yeah. Excellent. And then you obviously provide, you know, that I use the term the scientific slant about what's going on in the keto world then. Yeah, I love that. I'm really into science and I really want to see how and why things are working. So I usually uh, go that way, scientific route. Super. Now your, your book that you showed us earlier, can you show it to us again? Sure. Here it is. Ooh. The Keto Guidebook. Now, yeah. a guidebook is, is something that's going to... Um, well, offer a guide to people. Who, who are the ideal people to pick that up and go through it? Uh, the ideal people would be maybe someone that have uh, tried a low-carb diet before and enjoyed it. Maybe someone that follow a paleo diet, but wants to really take things a bit further and see, okay, maybe I can like really use this type of food to heal my health issues, like maybe people with attention disorders or um, like really stubborn like IBS that won't go away or yeah or like me I mean I mean I'm in the I'm a bodybuilder I mean it feels like ridiculous to say that because I'm so tiny but I'm in the, I'm into fitness and I compete in fitness and for me, the keto diet is really a game changer because it allows me to have really low body fat percentage and at the same time as I'm building muscles. So, so would it would it be something that um, you know we see these fitness models um, going through hell and torture in order to get the body they want to win competitions? Is it something that they could follow in order not to have such a hard time winning the competitions? Yes, I do think so, actually. I, I put together a team in Sweden uh, for, I think it was two years ago, uh, Team Keto, uh, where I coached five or six uh, girls to, to the stage. Uh, they competed in a female physique and bikini fitness. And it was just the very, like, a super strict, strict low-carb, ketogenic diet and yeah it worked and I have been competing myself so I think that yeah the, the current fitness diet that's just uh, not a very healthy way to eat, to eat and live in the long run mm. yeah I mean, I've, I've seen some of them go through you know let's say hell and torture as far as I'm concerned just to, just to try and win competitions and uh, yeah there's got to be a better way, and keto does seem the better way. It is, definitely. So, again, would your book be um, more geared towards people who want to heal their body as well? Yes, I would say that. It's not so much about fitness. Uh, it's not so much about losing weight, but just to try to heal the body as the first stage and my philosophy is that weight loss comes second like after everything's working the way it's supposed to then you will lose weight don't just 
rush to lose as much as possible without having everything else in order because we have like 30 hormones just to regulate our weight so it's not so easy just to cut the calories and then you're done it's not, it yeah. just doesn't work Thank like you. that excellent well that's all the little questions that i pulled out from what you were talking about earlier um, okay it's again been thoroughly interesting thank you for everything you've covered Thank you. People are going to want to know about where they can get you know, hold of your book and where they can get hold of more information, and particularly the things that we've been talking about today. Where can they get hold of all that information, your websites and so on? Well, uh, my book can be found on Amazon. Unless you live in the US, then you can just go to Barnes & Noble's or any bookstore and pick it up from the shelf. And it's purple, so... Yeah, easy to recognize. <laughs> and it, you can find me on Instagram, High Fat Fitness, and I have a blog, uh, highfatfitness.com, and I'm also on YouTube, also High Fat Fitness, and I also blog a lot in Swedish, martinajohansson.se. Uh, if you speak Swedish, you can read that. Otherwise, it will be very tricky. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Don, I've been trying to learn Swedish for a long time. Maybe that'll give me uh, an incentive. Yeah. <laughs> Super job. I think it's probably time for us to do the close. Unless there's anything else you want to mention, Martina? No, I'm, I'm happy. Jolly good. Yeah. Uh, right. Hello, back yeah. to you. Yeah, and, and don't forget to laugh now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, here we go. Thank you again, Martina, for being on the Low Carb Paleo Show and sharing your story with us. And like we say in Texas, à votre santé, y'all. <laughs> That's the joke. That's the joke. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'll have to translate it. Yeah. In, uh, it's a combination. It's a joke because it's a combination of uh, French. À votre santé means to your health. Huh? And, and y'all is a way for uh, Texan to... Say you are...